<laughs> I can hear you breathing so loud. Why are you breathing so loud? I'm holding my breath. <laughs> okay, here we go. Welcome to the Practice Makes Podcast podcast, where we talk about relatable subjects from everyday life. I'm your co-host, Tyler Kingsbury. And I'm your co-host, Jordy Wofford. The Practice Makes Podcast podcast was created to discuss everyday topics that you may or may not give a shit about. But odds are you clicked on this one because you're interested in whatever the title is. So stay tuned. Well, Jordy, the holidays are here, and you know what that means. Yes, I do. It means unspeakable anxiety, depression, caused principally because of the fact that the sun goes down at 4 o'clock, an empty bank account, uh, uncomfortable family events. <laughs> uh, did I go through the whole list? Happy holidays! I uh, I got my Christmas shopping done today for my girlfriend. What's kind of a bummer for me is her birthday is actually around Christmas. It's like a few days before. Mm. So I have to get double the presents. And every oh, year yeah. I try and weasel my way out. Every year I say, hey, honey, how about this year? I just buy you like one big present. She's like, no, <laughs> you have to have separate occasions. I will not let my birthday be cheapened just because it's in the shadow of Christmas. <laughs> Which, you know, she has a good point. It's lame having your birthday in winter. Yeah. No one ever wants to do anything. But uh, what's even lamer than that is the holiday season. No one ever wants to do anything because of seasonal affective disorder. What's that? Uh, have you really not heard of it? No. Oh, well, the acronym if you didn't notice, is S-A-D. <laughs> Seasonal effective. Oh, say it. No, say it. It's affective with an A. Yeah, sad. Oh, I thought you said sad because you thought that it was effective with an E. No, I know the difference between a noun and a verb. <laughs> Uh, I actually don't know which one is which, but anyway, yeah, it's, it's just like seasonal depression, which it's just so clever that they called it sad. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Every time I come up with an acronym, I can't make it spell the right thing or I have to really force it. <laughs> like this is my super cool, awesome computer yeah. Wow. Scap. Scack. Everyone knows what a stack is. <laughs> Super cool, awesome computer thing. <laughs> you get scacked. Yeah, it's, it's the past tense of scack. Every time I win at League of Legends because my computer connection is better. Mm -hmm. I say, you got skacked! <laughs> totally Which means super awesome, cool. Wait. 
super cool awesome anyway we should make a t-shirt <laughs> you got scracked <laughs> the catchphrase of the practice makes podcast <laughs> yeah <laughs> our first catchphrase guys <laughs> all right you i'm re- literally writing this down you got scracked oh that's stupid that is so dumb and no one will ever get it all right well yeah, so seasonal depression. Uh, I definitely get that. How about you? Uh, I think I do. I, I'm i having a little bit less this year because literally for the first time since I was 18, before I was 18, I've worked every single Christmas because I've always had the bad jobs where I was well, forced to work not only work on Christmas, but to work like double shifts to cover for all the people who are off on the holidays. <laughs> so that right there kind of put left a bad taste in my mouth for with, you know, associating it with Christmas and New Year's and all that. Mm. Uh, it's a little less bad this year because I'm in a nice house and uh, I'm enjoying my job and everything. And I'm off being off. It really works wonders for me. Hey, good. Andrea, my girlfriend's uh, family, they have like a family Christmas party every year, like around Christmas, like a few days before. And we go, we were going every year and we just got fed up with it because like every time they would be like, oh yeah, let's do something. We're going we're gonna to see each other like this year. We'll, we'll do an activity. And we would, they would never call us. And like every time we'd reach out, they wouldn't like respond and so it's like they these people really didn't give a shit about us and they were just doing it because they were going through the motions and so we were at the i mean this year we came to the conclusion we were like well we moved we're far away anyway and it's like mm-hmm. they don't shit if we show up or not so why are we gonna put ourselves through that true true i think it'd be cool if there was just an understanding that you didn't have to be nice or say hi to everyone. Because <laughs> if you go into somebody's house or party, like if you go into a regular party, it, there is not the expectation that you have to say hi to every single person and that you have to be known. Like, this is my boyfriend, Darth. <laughs> Darth. And everyone should meet him and make him feel awkward. And then you'll feel ir- equally awkward, but more powerful because you know more people here well no i mean if if it's a new person that you're bringing to the party i don't think you should have to introduce them to everyone but if it's like if i go to a party or a family gathering <laughs> and i know everyone, it's like a, i'd like to see everyone but if there's like just too many people it's not going to happen there this there's this like aspect of fakeness that i wish we could overcome as humans and like in our culture and maybe a lot of cultures where you have to make some kind of impression (laughs) instead of just walking in and being like, I don't feel like talking to people. And I was told to come. (laughs) (laughs) It has like painfully obvious. (laughs) Or you just come to the party and you literally just say nothing. You just eat. Like, like sit in the corner when someone comes up to talk to you you're just like you move and they just understand oh she's going through something probably 
<laughs> Why even show up at that point? <laughs> I mean, yeah, at least you're being honest. That's what I like. I just want that level of authenticity. Like, if you're not feeling okay, to not have to isolate yourself, to be able to just still like be active in your life, like at work, at school with your friendship groups like everyone just gets so uncomfortable when you're anything but happy yeah I mean being around someone who's always like sad and depressive it 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 is kind of contagious and it gets to be a bummer but um I think uh yeah there's a serious taboo in not talking about going through no I mean there is a huge uh incentive or like a pressure to just stay and talk about positive things like that's for sure like I went through a huge depression over the summer it actually started in the summer and I'm just now kind of getting over it ironically it's I'm starting to come out of it in the, over the holidays that's not the case mm. for people yeah but, that's uh, backwards. it was hard I mean it was hard going to work every day and pretending like I wasn't feeling like complete trash and mm-hmm. having to interact with the public and with coworkers. it's uh, I'm gl- I'm glad I'm out of it, but it's not easy when you're living it. Oh yeah, I think um, people will interpret it as you're like mean or something, or you're a bitch, or you don't want anything to do with them. Where in reality, you're just feeling like everything sucks. You're feeling like music sucks your body might even hurt you don't want to talk to anybody like nothing is good everything is hard oh i hope you're not (laughs) feeling that way now is it because you're talking with me oh my god no so so i think (laughs) everyone has their coping tools I mean maybe you haven't found them yet whoever you are um but I find something that really energizes me is my relationships and the people that are close to me that are not judging me regardless of where my mental state is or what my past is or anything that you know whether or not I'm successful that's definitely the case for me. Like, I feel like my friends and the people around me are the biggest, like, support network that I could ever ask for. Like, I think a lot of people, they need more than that. They'll need to, like, get professional help or they might even need medication. But for me, I was able to get out of the rut that I was in because I made, you know, made some new friends in this new city where I'm living at. And they, they, they didn't judge me, like you were saying. And it really helped me come out of you know come out of that dark period yeah I think um like darkness uh, can take on all different forms it can be chemical it can be situational it can be because you're not treating yourself healthfully um something that I have to do is I have to exercise regularly and I generally eat pretty healthy I mean I eat healthy the majority of the time and then sometimes I'll eat junk and that's just how it has to happen restriction is not a good idea but 
like today, yesterday I didn't exercise. And I think I did the day before, but today um, I haven't yet. And I can feel it, like, especially this time of year. It's, I have to be consistent with it. It's almost like showering. It's just as important um, to myself and the people around me as far as self-care uh, goes to get exercise. Because otherwise, I, I just, my brain starts to malfunction. <laughs> and the irony about this is that if you're already in that hole where some people don't even realize they're depressed until it's like too late, how are you going to get up and go to the gym or like go on a hike when you just can't? And how are you going to eat healthy when you don't give a shit and you just want like a quick fix? Cause if you eat like sugar or something like that, you get dopamine, serotonin, like you get that boost, that quick fix and you feel better. And then you come back down and you're in even a deeper hole because I, I can tell sometimes when I eat that crap that I don't feel as good. Well, it is a really a vicious cycle because, yeah, it is it is so important to exercise and to eat healthily. But if you're in that, that horrible state, it's like you can't – it takes like two – twice the amount of motivation that it would take like a person in a normal state to do the those things. Yeah. Like – like, I would say you know, more than twice. <laughs> oh, you know, easily. But it's just, yeah. it's like a vicious cycle. It's like, well, I need to eat right to get my, help get myself out of depression, but I'm too depressed to eat right because mm-hmm. I don't have the energy to like go in or go to the store, buy everything. And it's like, if you're not in that state, you kind of take it for granted that all these things are really easy, but it's just like, I, you don't even want to be out in the world. Like you don't want to go out in public mm-hmm. and then like, labor over making like a a nice healthy meal and you know I know there's a lot of people out there who'd be like well it's 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 easy but it's not easy (laughs) just do it yeah that's the irony of it but the issue that a lot of people have even when they're not depressed I think when it comes to being healthy for themselves and especially exercise can be hard for people Um, is that they're waiting for inspiration and it's just not going to come. You can't only do things when you're inspired. It's like, are you only going to brush your teeth when you feel like brushing your teeth? Then you're going to have shitty teeth. (laughs) Like you have to do it. You just have to do it and make it your routine or it's not going to be consistent. If you only brush your teeth once a month, your teeth are mostly covered in plaque and rotting out of your head if you exercise once a month that doesn't do you all that much good it just does maybe for that day maybe for the day after uh do you think the same general principles for getting out of or avoiding depression apply for seasonal affected depression or do you think it's like a a different kind of animal (laughs) Um, I think, so I have, let's see, uh, mostly situational depression, I think, is how mine comes along because of my, like, I get very affected by change sometimes, so I will get, like, anxiety or depression when things uh, change, and it could even be something like change of plans, very last minute, or that can sometimes send me into anxiety or depression, which is so fun. 
not as bad as it sounds. I hope maybe it is. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> uh, I was taking Lexapro for anxiety and depression, and I thought it was making me irritable, and I thought it was also making it so that I couldn't really relate to people as well. And that's one of my strongest suits, I think, is just getting along with people, making friends and stuff like that. And my relationships are really important to me. So I stopped taking it to see um, if it would help. And I did feel fine for a while. But then when the season changed, it I got really depressed again and I had to take it. Um, so I think medication can help even if it is situational or seasonal. Um, even like um, PMDD, which is like a around your menstrual cycle for those ladies out there <laughs> gmi um, <laughs> but uh i yeah i think the season does have a i guess in a way i get more depressed like around winter time in general mm-hmm. and i know my uh i know my girlfriend definitely goes through that like she'll go through like twice a year through the changing of this warm and cold seasons mm-hmm. but um I think with, like, I don't know if, is seasonal affective disorder supposed to be talking about, like, the literal season, or is it talking about the holiday season? Um, That's a good question. I always was led to believe it was the changing of the seasons, um, because, like, you don't see as much sunlight, uh, it's colder out, but I'm going to pull it real quick. My point is, like, the holiday (laughs) depressions that I think a lot of people go through, I think it has, like, I think it specifically has a lot more to do with, you know, your past and, like, your relationship with your, like, family and loved ones. True, true. So I think think in the case, like, of what some people might be going through right now, it's, like, you know, some of the tips, like, eating right and exercise, those will probably help in a lot of ways. A lot of the times, I think they're wrestling with their past and they need to kind of come to terms with the relationships that they have with their families and their friends. Mm-hmm. Like that's what a lot of stuff that I was going through the years was about. That could be true, but it leads me to ask the question, what came first, the chicken or the egg? <laughs> I don't know. I felt really good once when I, you know, sat down with all of my friends and family and I said, look, you know, there's been times when I, I've been abusive and I've been an alcoholic and I've, I've you know, been uh, angry and I've taken advantage of all of you. And I know that you all just weren't, you know, mature enough to, to deal with that. So, but I've come to terms with it. I forgive you. <laughs> I forgive you. <laughs> it, was, it was great. I felt like it was a big weight off of my shoulders. <laughs> I don't know. They seem kind of upset about it, but I think it's just, you know, they they have their own issues to deal with. I can't fight their battles for them. <laughs> yeah, it's like, if they're going to be selfish, it's not your fault. Then, yeah. I'm going to read this. Ready? Yes. While we don't know the exact causes of sad... Some scientists think that certain hormones made deep in the brain trigger attitude-related changes at certain times of the year. 
Experts believe that SAD may be related to these hormonal changes. One theory is that less sunlight during fall and winter leads to the brain making less serotonin, a chemical linked to brain pathways that regulate mood. When nerve cell pathways in the brain that regulate mood don't function normally, the result can be feelings, feelings of depression along with symptoms of fatigue and weight gain. So there's a couple different theories. That sounds plausible. I don't, I don't think it sounds particularly unreasonable. I mean, yeah. It's all... I mean, one reason why I get depressed like around the wintertime is because I hate winter. I just hate it. <laughs> like, I don't. I'm dreading it all year. It's really horrible, actually. My birthday is in January, like at the end of January. And that's like yeah. around the time when I start feeling optimistic. <laughs> that's, always, that's always been my, like around my birthday is when I'm like, all right, this is good because the winter is like almost over. There's like one month of really bad weather left and then it's just going to start getting better. And it's like I'm, my, my priorities are, are, are so perverted. It's like I start feeling depressed in June. It's so mm-hmm. for the summer i'm like oh my god oh my god this isn't forever this isn't forever this is going to end and it's going to be winter again (laughs) and that goes on until my birthday again Hmm. because I, i just dislike winter i'm not i'm uncomfortable in winter i don't like being cold i don't like all the extra work that comes with winter like taking Mm. snow of your car plowing or plowing your driveway and I wish I could be like those people who love winter, but okay. it's it's awful. I feel it like you're awful. living in the wrong place. Yes, and so to deal with that, I immigrated to Canada. Because <laughs> you like pain. You're a I'm masochist. <laughs> I just love drama. <laughs> um, another type of, like, darkness I guess you could or depression in the same sense is just kind of chemical and um I think a lot of us maybe experienced it younger or and we got through it or or maybe we finally um started taking medication for it later in life or whatever um but I do think that there was this moment that happened um, in middle school where a friend of mine uh, came to middle school. She was so cool. She wore baggy pants. She had an eyebrow piercing. And Whoa. she, yeah, she was just so much different than anyone else that was there growing up in the mountains. Just this very like sheltered com- community where everyone was either rich or like I want to say super poor but now that I know better we we were a regular amount of poor regular amount yeah like compared to the rest of the world poverty that you see in Indochina but still you know pretty poor (laughs) the kind of poverty where you still have a house and like a lot of dysfunction um but anyways that happens with all households anyway so I think that there was a large community of students there at this school that were misfits that didn't really feel like they belonged in that community and I think when she came to school she kind of rescued us and like created a place for us to go so we could go be weird and like wear black clothing and and kind of be unique and and sort of like 
put a, a shape out into the world and kind of t- start to take up space. And I think a lot of us were um, depressed in our own ways, either situationally or chemically because of what was going on at home. And we really didn't have anywhere to go or anyone to talk to. And so I think she created this place where we could come together and um, I think that's something that is so important. Like the most important thing you can do for someone is to show them that they are not alone. And when you look at uh, like rock stars or a lot of the suicides that you see either in the media or in people that you know in your own little world, it's like, they were lonely, like they felt like they were alone. And I would honestly say that loneliness is deadly. So if you're feeling lonely to figure out how to get yourself out of that, or if you know someone that's lonely, you know, maybe there's something you can do to reach out and help them not feel so lonely. And I can just speak for this personally, like just doing like the smallest thing, like, giving someone a compliment or just inviting someone out to have a coffee that can like really turn someone around. So, Mm. I mean, it, it might seem like you have to invest a lot of time. You know, we all have our own problems, but if, if you see someone in, you know, your entourage at work or wherever, like if you can just make small little jests like that, they can really make a big difference. I mean, I don't want to say like it doesn't take much to turn someone around and get them out of a depression, but it it can really help. Oh, I, you know, sometimes I don't think it takes much because like I said, um, change can be hard for me, especially when it has to do with relationships. And I, I sort of had like a, not a fight with a friend recently, but kind of a, a change in status <laughs> kind of. And <laughs> You changed your friendship status to it's complicated. <laughs> yeah. And um, the next day at work, I was depressed. Like, I was feeling that over what, like, that full body depression. And um, a friend at work, uh, I was kind of, like, worried to see her because I'm like, oh, God, like, she's going to see me like this. And then um, she just started talking to me. And, and then we chatted. We even chatted about what I was going through and I felt better immediately. I, I felt 10 times better. And it was just, had she not talked to me, I would have had to just dig myself out of this hole. And and sometimes all it takes is distraction. And, and it's not like now I'm clinging to her and she has to be there every time I'm depressed. It was just like one person in my life. And it was just, I think it helps. I really do. Um, I hate to kind of like revisit old subjects that we already talked about, but it's like, do you think maybe we're seeing it this way because we're self-identified extroverts? Because <laughs> maybe like an introvert, it's like the complete opposite. They're like, no, I have to go far away, as far away as possible. Oh, I wonder. Then nature will rejuvenate me. <laughs> yeah, no, nature too. I think that's so important there there was um this experience that I had that I thought was so life-changing because I've been working really hard to kind of get to know myself and and be really aware and just be better 
for myself and the people around me and my life and my path and my purpose and all that crap. And uh, there was one day I was just like depressed and I was laying in bed and there was nothing that could get me up. And then suddenly I had this, just this pull to just get up and go. It's like, just go, just go. And then there was this other part in my head that's like, well, where are you going? Like, just go, just go. I don't even know where I'm going. And I just kept moving and I got into my car and I ended up um, at this park and I just went for a run outside. And like, it was almost like I didn't even put myself there. It was like this other energy that I've been working on and creating. It was like this parallel person that I wanted to be was there and they were like come on let's go let's go let's do this this will make you feel better and I felt so much better and I think it it's you know not only exercising getting those endorphins going but being outside and then also just distraction all of those things uh yeah uh you're I think you're higher energy than I am so I would never go out and run (laughs) but i had physical activity oh my god but uh i had an experience kind of like that i think i quit a job that i just hated like i i really didn't like that job or it was really draining anyway i don't know maybe i wouldn't go so far as to say i hated it but it was really draining and i finally got to like when i was ready to move out of town and i i managed to quit the job but like right after i quit the job i did walk like out of town and I walked like a little ways up into the mountains and I literally just laid down on the ground mm. and for a really long time I was just laying up and I was looking at the sky and I was looking at the leaves fluttering in the wind and I just really felt at peace and I did not want to leave I was there for the what felt like ages and I, I felt like after leaving that kind of un- bad situation I kind of let nature kind of cleanse me oh I love that and then I got poison oak (laughs) uh taking medication for mental distress I've never been prescribed uh, any medication for men I've mostly self uh medicated through illicit substances (laughs) I I can't tell. I think it's odd that they call it self-medication like it's on the same plane as taking actual medication because self-medicating is not like medicating because when you medicate, hopefully if you're doing it the way that I find that works, is you're also working with a doctor and a therapist. You know, you're not, you're, you're, you're feeling your feelings. You're not. And so, and then what would be considered self-medicating is avoiding your feelings because, because you're turning your brain off. Whereas actual medicating is not turning your brain off. Yeah. I think I get what you're saying. Like what I, what I would probably consider self-medicating is like you're actively, well, you're maybe it wouldn't involve a doctor. I don't think like self-medicating would be like, you're trying to get better yourself. But I think people who are just like drinking and doing drugs and stuff, something, they're not even like aware that they like have a problem that they need to take care of. Mm, yeah. That's the same thing, but. Yeah. And uh, 
that's another interesting hole to dig yourself out of because when you're an alcoholic in one form or another, whether it's with alcohol or pot, you're doing it, you know, really early in the day and you're not sober for the majority of the day. Um, you are kind of hiding from something more often than not. And the scary thing is, is what? (laughs) So when you stop doing that, like that is the worst fear ever. What's going to come out, you know? So that's got to be the hardest hole to dig yourself out of is what's going to come out. What am I going to find out about myself? What am I going to find out about my family? And when you start to heal and you start to get through that shit, like sometimes you won't even have the same friends anymore. So many things change because the people that are attracted to you now in that state are not going to be the same people that are attracted to you when you're happy or healed. And they're not definitely not going to be the same people that are attracted to you when you're going through what you need to go through because you're going to probably be angry. <laughs> I think a lot of, most of the people I've been friends with have stuck by me like through the good and the bad times. Yeah. Lots of self-aware people. Yeah. I think we're, I think if you have some self-awareness, I think you're going to be attracted to more people like that. I don't know. Totally. Yeah real real people um so taking medication for me um I started taking it for generalized anxiety and I wasn't necessarily diagnosed with that before I started to kind of think that I had it I I just kind of brought it up with my therapist and she's like oh yeah you could talk to a, a psychiatrist and I was like okay Um, and then she, so the psychiatrist was asking me all these questions about like how I handle things. And, um, and then she asked the question, would you say that you're a worrier? And I started laughing because I thought it was a joke because of all the questions that she'd asked me. I was like, at that point, it seemed pretty obvious. And she just had a straight face. And I was like, oh, (laughs) she started laughing straight face. I'm not joking. Oh, that's an actual question. Definitely. (laughs) I am absolutely a worrier. (laughs) Like, I've known that forever. You didn't realize? Um, Worry even more than I do. I'm a big worrier, but yeah, I think you put me to shame in the worry department. Oh, wow. Yeah. If you were in the department store, you would be worry worse. (laughs) Yeah. and, And a lot of that is... Like, if I break it down into um, segments that are easy, easily digestible for the, for the rest of us, uh, putting it into words for y'all, is um, one thing that goes through my head is everyone hates me. Um, a lot of the time, a lot of anxiety will come out in moments where I feel like I'm not in control. Uh, really invasive thoughts like uh I'm not good enough or uh you're gonna fail yeah and it comes out sometimes it's just like I want to die just um in a moment where where something isn't going right or or I fucked up or something it's just like I want to (laughs) die 
I think it I think it's like this little monster living inside of me that wants me dead. And the majority of the time lately it's not in charge. But that's literally how I look at it is is, is like it's an it's a separate being from myself and it fucking hates me and it wants me to die and I have to pay attention or it will um like be in charge and of my thoughts. So imagine if someone so came much up, crazier than it is. <laughs> imagine if that? someone came up to you at the wrong moment, like when you were having one of those thoughts, like your coworker walks up to you and you're like, "Hey, Tyler, did uh, you read that late that latest memo? I want to die." <laughs> oh. No distraction is perfect. I would it would go away. And I, like I said, it sounds crazier than it is because this is me segmenting it out into like this would happen in like a millisecond in my brain. It's not like I'm just sitting there going like, I want to die. It's like, it just crosses my mind. I want to die. And then it goes away. And it's like, okay, that was anxiety. Hey buddy, you suck. But then taking medication, it feels like I'm cheating. (laughs) It's like, it isn't fair to feel this good. (laughs) But this is what normal people feel like. I, I wouldn't I can I don't know I have exactly those, those same kinds of feelings so I don't know but you've you've been to the other side then so you I've been to know the how side. the other half lives. <laughs> but I wonder do they the really other... feel that way? I mean, do those thoughts go away with the medication? I couldn't believe the amount of noise that reduced when it finally started kicking in. Like five days into taking it, I felt better like I felt less anxious um a lot of what I was feeling was like in every moment um having to present myself in some kind of way that um especially when I was working in the fitness industry I would you know be talking to people at the gym or something and it's like do they think I'm fat I'm not good enough (laughs) imposter syndrome and like that kind of went away after five days and then after like five weeks is when it really starts to kick in and so much noise that I didn't even realize was just constantly tormenting me wasn't there anymore that's unbelievable I can't conceive of my existence without (laughs) an omnipresent and ever encroaching feeling of dread and doom (laughs) I mean, for the longest time, I I was afraid to try medication because, and also something that I went through when I was taking it, because I um, got the opportunity to do a TED talk, and I I don't think I was on the medication at the time, but I don't know, I can't remember, but I started taking it again after I did the talk. But, but I always think, and I'm like, I think back and I'm like, was that me or was that the medication? Like, am I actually capable of accomplishing something like this? Or was I cheating and I was taking this like performance enhancing <laughs> magic pill? <laughs> so I feel like yeah. it's not fair, but oh, does that mean that anyone that's ever accomplished anything is on medication in that case just take it i guess i don't know <laughs> I, I would say yeah just take like uh, without going too much into her personal like problems my girlfriend does take like medications 
mm-hmm. and it, it helps her like she's not like it's not not functional without it so I mean if that's what it takes to make a difference in her life like I personally have been able to get over it and not need anything like that although who knows maybe at some point I should look into it but uh, I guess if I guess you have to do what's right for yourself yeah but, uh, I do understand the point of feeling like because maybe if you with the feeling of like cheating it's like well imagine if for whatever reason you don't have access to that anymore and it's like are you going to be able to deal with those problems without it mm-hmm. that's what would be my and that's my, probably my anxiety talking mm-hmm. you know I think it's not a death sentence um and even you know my psychiatrist was telling me this because I told her about my like worry with taking it one because the fear was instilled in me which I think happened with a lot of people when it comes to like pharmaceutical drugs is that the side effects often outweigh like the benefits sometimes, or at least it makes it seem that way. And so they instill so much fear in you. And my mom was so afraid of them. And and so she uh, instilled that fear in me. And so I told her my psychiatrist about my nervousness and, and she, she was like, well, if at any point you don't want to take it, you just stop taking it. <laughs> and it was like, ultimately, it was oh. my decision across the board. And I wasn't going to be any worse after the fact. Like when I stopped taking it six weeks ago or whatever, when I wasn't taking it up until six weeks ago, when I started taking it again, like I was fine also still nothing changed either you're on it or you're not and um there are benefits and there there are pros and there are cons because i i think that people different people get depressed for different reasons or anxious i think for a lot of people it is like a, a chemical imbalance and stuff but i know speaking for myself personally it really has a lot to do with just my literal situation mm-hmm like, without going too much into details, like the big reason for my depression over this last period of time, it was because I lost my job. Mm. It was just like, I just couldn't cope with like being in that, that situation of hardship and uncertainty. And so, but as soon as I got a new job and I started getting a new circle of friends, it started getting better. So I don't know, maybe maybe for some people taking the medication would help but maybe if they're in a bad situation it just wouldn't I wonder what that would do would it would it work anyway or yeah something a question that I asked her was um would it increase like suicidal ideation and um possibility of that kind of stuff because I'd heard of that before where people start taking the medication and then they commit suicide which they die of suicide that would be the politically correct way to say it um and she she was saying the reason why that probably happens is that they are so depressed that when they start taking the medication is they start to feel better and enough to actually go through with it because they've already been thinking about it um and then when they start to feel a little bit better, they actually have the energy to, like, try. 
so that's something to be careful with and that that's to me I think along with anything else that you try therapy like podcasts books whatever I think that one of the most important things to do is to avoid loneliness (laughs) I think so I think even i you know, I think even introverted people are social animals at the end of the day. So I think the biggest important thing that can help you is the people around you. I think I can't stress that enough. Yeah. And wait a minute. It's not politically correct to say commit suicide. Yeah, it's not, I guess. Since when? Why um, well, so the people that I met when I did my TED talk, I keep shamelessly plugging that. <laughs> check it out out. it's on youtube uh (laughs) they i'd mentioned something because i was talking about when people have eating disorders um how i can't remember the exact statistics but i think it's something like 50 percent of um I want to say women because it's mostly women, but people with anorexia will never get better. And of that 50%, something like 10% of them will die of suicide. Like they will die. It's, it's the highest known disease that the person will die from it. So, like, you can get diagnosed with diabetes, but that won't be what you die from necessarily. If you're diagnosed with anorexia, the, the stats are higher that you will die of anorexia. And, and not necessarily from starving yourself, but mostly because you've killed yourself. And, and so I said, we'll commit suicide when I was, telling, when I was saying those stats. And, and then that, after I kind of did my spiel, they were like... We just ask you one thing is that you need to say died of suicide rather than commit suicide because you don't commit suicide. Suicide is its own disease that takes your life. Like it's not your fault necessarily, but it's something that takes your life from you. I thought that was an interesting way to look at it. Um, They had a very close relationship with someone. I I believe it was her son that Uh died of suicide. And so she's very specific about that particularly. Wow. Having some, uh, going, having personal issues with the subject of suicide. Yeah. So. Well, I will, I will try and use that new term. <laughs> although, I'm still going to say commit seppuku. <laughs> yeah. We can't be perfect all the time, I'll tell you. We can't make the leftists happy all the time. <laughs> No, no, they're constantly moving the goalpost. But... <laughs> I just say whatever it takes to make people happy. To honestly, I just if someone's like, I'm not happy with that term. Okay. That term. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, all right, I'll do my best. <laughs> yeah. Or I'll just remember like what that person specific, and I'll say it around them, and I'll just go back to saying what I said. <laughs> because I'm two-faced. Oh yeah, because you're white. That's right. If you are white, you are... Oh, that doesn't make a rhyme. (laughs) You thought at the beginning that I was going to, and then when you got to the end, you're like, 
Oh, huh. Chase doesn't rhyme with YF. Could have sworn it did when I started that. Um, well, I think that this has been a very revealing and uh, helpful topic discussion. Yeah, it's definitely something that's difficult to deal with. Uh, I think it's something that everyone can relate to a little bit, particularly around the holidays. Um, I hope we were able to give a little bit of good insight on it. As I said, like I think the best way to deal with it is surround yourself with uh, good people and go from there, see what works for you. But um, yeah, I think... You know, a lot of people don't like the holiday seasons, but I think I'm just going to be cliche and try and still appreciate the things that I have. And uh, like namingly this podcast, I think it's made a big difference for me. Mm. And uh, I hope uh, hope anyone out there listening, you know, maybe they feel a little bit less alone. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in. Be sure to subscribe or follow or whatever. Just reminding you, no pressure. Also, feel free to give us money by clicking the support this podcast button to become a monthly subscriber. Even a dollar helps Jordy pay for his drug and alcohol habits. <laughs>